My name is Christopher Peter and welcome to the Christopher Peter Review, your source for common sense commentary centered on facts, evidence, and data. For the new viewers in the audience, the Christopher Peter Review markets original podcasts discussing salient current events, focusing on ones that impact our public policy, national economic outcomes, and overall society. I thank you in advance for your viewership. In this episode, we are going to discuss the shaping up of the 2024 presidential candidate pool, our projections of the Republican House agenda, Pelosi's legacy, and finally discussing how to protect our democracy. So let us begin this special edition of the Christopher Peter Review. The red wave did not happen, but Republicans officially gained control of the House of Representatives. Winning both houses of Congress was the goal for both Republicans and Democrats, but the bottom line for the GOP was gaining control of one of the two to effectively put a stop to the Biden agenda from a legislative perspective. Without the White House or veto-proof majorities in both houses, Republicans would have trouble getting their agenda codified into law. So there will be at least a check on the pocketbook of the federal government. Gaining power is less important than what will be done with that power from a societal perspective. There are many economic issues that can be addressed by the appropriations responsibility of the House of Representatives. While Republicans have spent closer to their credit-crushing counterparts, there is an opportunity to rein in some of the reckless spending to help enact a budget that Americans can actually afford. Enact federal spending that will alleviate inflation, while funding programs that actually matter like crime reduction, energy, border security, and defense. There is a need to end pointless investigations and launch ones on subjects that actually matter to the American people. For instance, it is important to better understand how the pandemic started. I think we all know it was not from eating bats, but possibly from a mistaken leak. We need to know why the Afghanistan withdrawal was such a debacle and why it failed. I am not sure many people are very interested in Hunter Biden, but I do think there is more than what meets the eye. The more appropriate investigation is whether our federal law enforcement agencies are acting based on principle and duty rather than political directives or bias. Again, we must understand that any major agenda push will be blocked by Senate Democrats and the Biden administration. So, I can foresee that nothing major will be done for the next two years, which is what voters really want. The laws that have to be passed like renewals of important and non-controversial items will go to Biden's desk. But, we can take comfort in knowing there will be no tax increases or repeal of tax cuts. We can take comfort that the political era of Nancy Pelosi is over, as she will not serve as Speaker and will give up her leadership position amongst the Democrats. From a political standpoint, Nancy Pelosi seeing her time in power come and go is a major positive outcome for Republicans and America. Many left-leaning individuals will praise Pelosi because of her demographics, but her record is not stellar for the American people or even her political party. Because of the brand of politics from politicians like Pelosi, Harry Reid, Barack Obama, and now Joe Biden, there is no room for true moderates or center-lefts in the Democratic Party. One aspect of Nancy Pelosi that one can admire is how well she worked to keep her party in line. She ruled Democrats with an iron fist while still seeming to let their craziness breathe when needed. Pelosi thrived in the Obama era that ushered in the mantra of one-party rule, ending traditions of cooperative bipartisan leadership that protected society from the fringe politics that is becoming the staple of modern-day America. Democrats will look at her in a positive light because she embraced their fringe left behaviors and ideological shift. And she embraced divisive partisanship. But, Republicans will look at her as what is wrong with our politics and the main reason why our society has the issues we face. None of the agenda items she advanced made an overall positive impact on society and that is what she should be judged on. A person is not just what demographic profile they fit into. Their careers are defined by achievements, failures, and outcomes. For politicians, their legacies need to be how their actions and policies made our lives better or worse. 
how their leadership styles impacted their political generation and ones going forward. In politics, I believe we must not confuse leaders from partisans. And Pelosi was a partisan not a leader. She ushered in a democratic caucus that is more fringe than the one she inherited. Parties change over time. But, moderate Democrats did not survive the Pelosi era. During her complete time as Speaker, I would definitely argue that her party moved drastically further left than the Republicans went to the right. I think it was clearly time for change. And the House is now in better hands while Democrats reset their slate. But the fact that many are on the far left is a testament to Pelosi's leadership. America needs bipartisanship not partisan politics. We hope that Kevin McCarthy will usher in a new era of fiscal restraint and political normalcy. While Republicans will not see their agenda come to fruition without greater control, McCarthy and his slim Republican majority should focus on ensuring that the federal government is more fiscally responsible in order to not burden Americans with rampant inflation and crippling debt. Focus on ending partisan witch hunts and finding answers to questions that really matter. My name is Jennifer Smith and I welcome you to this special edition of the Christopher Peter Review. As we expected for quite some time now, former President Donald Trump announced that he will seek the Republican nomination for the third time in 2024. If successful, he will seek to reclaim the presidency that he feels was not truly lost in 2020. Most people who decide to throw their hat into the political arena do so following an orchestrated period of goodwill acts to establish a positive spin on their campaign. Like in 2015, Trump descended the escalator to announce that he would make the most unprecedented run for the White House in modern history. Fast forward to November 8, Trump did all he can to alienate Republican voters at the worst possible time. So naturally in his mind, he decides it makes sense to announce he will run in two years. I do not think there is any Republican who wants to see Donald Trump as their nominee at this moment. And I also do not think there is any Democrat who would want to see Joe Biden as their nominee. What both sides have in common is that America does not want a rematch of 2020. Joe Biden is clearly losing capacity and is not the leader America needs. Trump had his moment and Republicans have more choices where Trump's policy positions can be combined with a more disciplined and stable leader. I think we all feel Trump understands this fact as well. The question we should ask ourselves is why Donald Trump was popular enough to win in the past. Popular enough to maintain a loyal base. For the most part, Donald Trump had a knack for bad timing that worked politically. He said the uncomfortable things that both Republicans and Democrats knew to be inconvenient truths. Ones that Republicans were too fearful to say out loud and Democrats not willing to truly acknowledge. Many commentators question why Trump appeals to conservatives despite not living like a conservative or holding true conservative principles. We can all agree that he is not at all a steadfast example of conservatism. But he probably was our most important conservative president in regards to policy. Besides being the inconvenient truth-teller, Trump connected with people that liberal elite politicians discarded. I am not sure many Democrats understood that their party was once the party that stood with a blue-collar union worker. Now, they are the over-credentialed elites not willing to be associated with those in labor-intensive careers. Many of these blue-collar laborers worked in energy production, a field vilified by those who treat climate change as a religion. Those not willing to acknowledge that clean energy is something that needs a smooth transition to. Rather than a disruptive alteration to a form of energy not scalable or readily available. But that did not stop policymakers from pushing these individuals out of the economy. So, people flocked to him because he was pro-energy and could bring opportunity to people forced to be on the sidelines. Additionally, Trump appealed to those who want border security and a stronger American foreign policy. 
where he fell short was realizing Americans want all this but want leadership that is stable and predictable. But was Joe Biden the right answer? Clearly not. Donald Trump was a firebrand, but Joe Biden is clearly lacking capacity. Joe Biden leaves much to the imagination in regard to what America could be if there was simply a competent leader who came into power with all the advantages Biden inherited. I cannot be the only person questioning how could a person squander such an obvious advantage. Biden inherited a nation coming out of a pandemic poised for a strong economic rebound. Came into office with energy independence, a stronger than normal border, and world peace. All of which he squandered away. I'm sure many Democrats feel the same way as Republicans in hoping their party has a new nominee in 2024 than it did in 2020. Democrats wanted to be the party of fresh ideas, new faces in the political arena. Yet, they are led by one of the oldest politicians in America with little ability to identify effective solutions. The biggest issue with the Biden presidency is their complete lack of ability to address issues that are important to the widest spectrum of Americans. Like inflation, which impacts all Americans, especially the poorest of people. The administration simply ignored the issues, passed it off as a conspiracy theory, and completely failed to do anything substantive on it. Besides convincing Congress to name a climate change bill the Inflation Reduction Act, the Biden administration completely failed in its plan to withdraw from Afghanistan, allowing the Taliban to regain control in a New York minute and leaving behind Americans and our allies. The Biden administration continues to fail inside our borders, outside our borders, and at our borders. In 2024, Americans do not need or want a sequel. Sequels are never as good as the first and this one will truly harm our future. The main focus of the Democrats' midterm election message was the protection of our democracy. Yet, Democrats were the party caught with their hands in the anti-democracy cookie jar by seeking to manipulate the primaries of their political opponents in order to improve their chances in the general election. This may be a significant reason why the red wave did not occur. But, at the very least, the act in itself is alarming for the party that postures as the defender of our democracy and freedom. The Democratic Party is the founding fathers of election-denying, political violence, and many of the other practices they raise as threats to our democracy. Democrats have rejected the election results of not one, not two, not three elections in just our modern era. Democrats have willingly funded fabricated documents they use to spark investigations. So this political posturing that they are pro-democracy is a farce at best. Both Republicans and Democrats cannot claim to be the exclusive protectors of our democracy nor is either one the exclusive offender. Americans should be concerned with election interference when Democrats fund advertisements to impact primaries. The hypocrisy makes them untrustworthy on election issues and democracy. Democracy is only a buzzword to Democrats. Just like freedom. Democrats do not value our constitutional freedoms. Unless it is a freedom that is not listed in the Constitution. Unless it is a freedom that leads to guaranteed death. Our freedom should not hurt any party. Our freedom should not guarantee the loss of life or at least the potential for life. So the manufactured term reproductive freedom is not really a freedom, but a controversial behavior and choice. As I have stated many times that we should respect the traditional compromise, where a woman should be able to protect her life when there is a known threat and if the pregnancy is a result of rape or incest. But, normalizing the terminating life or the potential for life as common practice is not freedom. Not for both parties. Democrats decry people exercising their Second Amendment rights, but the freedom of gun ownership does not come with a guarantee of death. Gun ownership is by and far safe by most government statistics. There are issues with illegal gun use and possession, but that freedom in itself does not guarantee death of one party. 
freedom of speech is another freedom Democrats are now generally opposing, favoring greater censorship and screening. Not allowing a voice for those who speak against the government actions or question the legitimacy of messaging. While misinformation and disinformation can be troublesome, much of what politicians claim as misinformation or disinformation turns out to be legitimate questions or information. So, if you want to be a defender of freedom, please choose freedoms that do not guarantee death, restrict people from self-defense, or silence the voices of Americans. In closing, I thank Jennifer for her continued contributions. Also, I thank the audience for taking the time to experience this episode of the Christopher Peter Review Podcast. We truly appreciate your viewership and continue to collaborate to ensure we offer common sense and informative content. The Christopher Peter Review features not only this podcast, but feature commentary from Christopher Peter and news coverage via yours truly. Please continue to visit the Christopher Peter Review channel at www.crcrvw.com daily for new podcast episodes, commentary, news coverage, and curated news content as well. Our focus is always providing objective common-sense analytical content centered on facts, evidence, and data. We leave the partisanship and political hysteria to other sources. Thank you once again for experiencing this podcast episode and we will see you next time.